Now I'm going to have the freaking Little Mermaid song stuck in my head all day. Same. You're talking too softly. Oh, is this better? You don't lean into it. Just talk, Just project. Is this better? <laughs> How do you know? I don't. I just know that based on the little spiky things on the chart that you're oh, allowed to. Oh, okay. Look at it while I talk. Is this good? It's okay. Are we doing okay here? We're doing I mean, okay. the reality is that Eric and I are both pretty loud. I know. And so as we get into it, I feel like it should be fine. You'll settle into the awkwardness of us being in person yeah. soon enough. It'll be like those phone calls where you um, have to, like, smash the oh, receiver to your or not the receiver whatever uh, no it's the receiver the receiver is the thing that receives your voice oh why the would earpiece the, the, the earpiece the sound the sound it could be either way maybe the whole thing is the receiver the handset uh, no. you put the thing up to your ear and then you plug your other ear and you push it so hard that your ear starts to get sore because your glasses are behind there. Right, yep. And then you want to get off the phone quicker. And then afterwards you have this little red ear that's yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All sore. Which is why I spend a lot of time on speakerphone. Oh. Mm. Well, that's nice, but when you're on a crisis call. I can never count. I can't. Well, yeah. I can't counsel on it. On speakerphone. Oh, I, I, It's not intimate enough. Yeah. <laughs> I can counsel on speakerphone now that we have been in a pandemic and I had to counsel um, via Zoom, mm-hmm. but fair. but I would not do it in a call room. Like I wouldn't put someone in on speaker in a call room. Right? Yeah. Is that even allowed? Uh-uh. I mean, you can. I mean, I guess if you're the only person in the call room, but that would suck for that would suck for other. Uh, if you had a shared space, I would throw oh, something well, yeah. at someone. I believe that. Yeah. I just I can remember so many times. You know, I we, I got a loud voice. And uh, I get real excited at HQ, it turns out, when I'm visiting, or when I used to be visiting. Uh, and there would be lots of times where whoever was on the phone would be like, death glare. Give, give you the look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, sorry, bye. <laughs> oh, you're on a call? <laughs> oh, shh. I'll say that to myself. <laughs> that's why it cracks me up for when... We're talking about that room not having enough space. Like mm-hmm. when we were looking at the surveys, and people were like, "Well, it might be distracting having the other person in there," which is why I sent the email about uh, climbing uphill both ways. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it, made like, me laugh really hard because that car room is smaller than this room, practically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were oh, yeah. in right now. Oh, yeah. oh for, sure. for sure. Yeah. Yep. Just the tiny little desks. It was. It was probably this size, but it had that sink nook. So yeah. it made it feel a lot smaller. That's and true. And the um, ceiling was a lot lower. That's yeah. These are like twelve foot ceilings. Yeah. Oh god, it was so small. And it, it smelled. It was like it was like an L shape of this room. Yeah. Wow, it was so small. It was so and small. It was so stinky. So bad. <sighs> it smelled like dirty locker room. The HQ funk is mm-hmm. what we called it. Yeah. Called it. I, yeah, it's like an odor with a little bit of feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. And just... morning. And morning. Yeah. <laughs> That's what sadness smells like. (laughs) That's what sadness smells like. No, no. Um, Yeah, so how weird is it being in the same room together? I I keep wanting to scoot further away from you all. What if I get embarrassed about the things that I'm saying now that we're in person? You can't turn off your camera. Yeah, well, I don't usually, but, like, I feel like there's, like, some separation Uh typically, and it's not as vulnerable uh, when you're on Zoom. That's true, yeah. The other thing I was thinking about 
today when we were anywhere going to be in person is not muting. Mm. Oh, it, like yeah. not having the option of hitting the mute button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you need to fart or burp. Or know, when Erica, where Erica goes. <coughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. That's a problem. I don't know what's going on with that. It just keeps happening. For years. Yeah. So I'm going to have to be mindful of that when we're in the same room. Thanks for the reminder. Too. You're welcome. Yeah. It's my compassionate reminder. <coughs> <laughs> I just want to cap- capture the moment. It's the first. Yeah. You know what we're doing? Literally recording capturing the an moment. effort to capture the moment. <laughs> Speaking of capturing the moment, everyone who is listening, all of our loyal listeners need to know that Meg and I are wearing the exact same outfit That's on true. accident. On accident. Mm-hmm. The very same shirt. We're both wearing skinny jeans that have ripped knees mm-hmm. and... Ch- what are they called? Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. I'm not and wearing glasses. skinny jeans. I'm wearing boyfriend jeans, but okay, they are well, ripped in the knees. Jeans that are ripped in the knees. Yeah. <laughs> jeans that are ripped in the knees. <laughs> Shut up, Jared. <laughs> Do you think anyone else thinks we're funny? I don't know. No. <laughs> this is just how we've coped with the past 18 months. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I will say that I've gotten feedback a couple of different times in the last... Um, few weeks about like people feel like they know us uh-huh. uh, so it, they may not think that we're hilarious or as hilarious as we think we are yeah. but they at least know us they get right. our personalities they, they feel like they like bond it's like it, it's kind of like taking really sweet that's it's so like cute. taking an extended dive into someone's social media that's true. Presence. Yeah. But 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 here's the thing. Social media can be so phony. Right. That's true. And it's really ain't. performative. Mm. Oh, so you perform on social media? Everyone does. I present uh, the image that I'm an expert dog trainer. <laughs> you do. <laughs> that is a thing. And that is not true at all. Yeah, <laughs> Freddie is a shit. Your dog's <laughs> a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> Love him to death, though, yeah. especially that one time you let me cuddle with him. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was progress. I know. What is it? What is my presence on social media? Like, I really think it's... That you're, you're only there because you have to be. But isn't that true? I don't know yeah. if that's... that's the, I don't... I feel like you're one of those who's not super performative. Like, I don't... I don't feel like, oh, that's phony. Let's just pull up each other's person. pages and just go through. I, I mean, mostly what I have on there is headquarters stuff. Mm-hmm. And then dog stuff. And I'm pretty, like... <laughs> that's pretty much who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're more than that, too. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Let's, do, do you want to share your personal molecule with us? It's just going to be headquarters and dogs yeah. and I mean, nothing else. I've seen, I've seen you do the personal molecule at least seven times now. Same. And I think that's like the majority of it. Uh-huh. But you're more you're more complex. Well, thanks, than guys. That. Now I'm going to... You're a simpleton is what we're trying to tell you. <laughs> Or making um, them compliment themselves. Or making them compliment themselves. Yeah. So that's headquarters mode. Or I'm um, like trying to figure out how to make my dog less ridiculous. Uh-huh. 
Um, as there, you were talking, I realized one awkward thing about being in person is that we have to figure out who to look at when we're talking. Oh, you can't look at everyone all at once. Yeah. No, Kristen, Kristen was like looking at me and I'm like, wow, she's like really looking at me. <laughs> um, but like, then I realized it's because she has to look at one person at a time. <laughs> oh, where's the, where's the gallery feel, view? We feel uncomfortable with eye contact Yes. Now. Oh my God. This is bizarre. It's like, am I, am I what making eye contact enough? Am I doing it too much? Does she think I'm you gotta staring blink. at her? You gotta blink. You gotta blink. <laughs> But what a weird, like, what a weird... I wish we wouldn't have brought it up. I know! <laughs> now we're not going to be able to handle it. So... I just want to talk with my eyes closed. It's an unintended, unintended consequence of the pandemic. That yeah. None of us know how to look at each other anymore because we were on Zoom so much. <laughs> I'm used to looking at myself. When Erica Let's logs talk. on, when Erica logs on to a meeting, the first thing she does. Is she, ask Kristen, what's the first thing I do? She looks at herself. Oh. And then she begins to part her hair in the way that she see, <laughs> wants to see fit. Licks her lips. <laughs> and then and then starts conversing. Okay, Jared. And then says, "Oh, hold on, I gotta go get coffee." <laughs> And then when she gets back, she starts the process all over again. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Um, Apparently, we all have Zoom personalities, too. Mm. We probably, in order to, like, manage our lives in here, we probably need mirrors. Yeah. I just want one one behind your head. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I, I I realized as we were talking this, I spend a lot of time not looking at anyone, right? Like, Mm -hmm. everybody's up on my screen and I can see them, but I tend to, like, look other places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something I I found odd. For sure. (laughs) Something I found odd was that yesterday I went to my first, like, in-person training, and... I've been hiding behind my screen where I can put like my my like talking points, mm-hmm. and so I felt so chaotic yesterday. I was like jumping all over the place, forgetting things, had to go back like because I didn't know how to just look at my notes and also make eye contact. It was a whole thing. It felt very stressful. It sounds really stressful, but I bet you did a great job. I think it was okay. The I other thing you did a great job. The other thing that happens with the computer is that we have stuff all like we have our stuff mm-hmm. all around us, mm-hmm. and that isn't it thing as much mm-hmm. like in person yeah well we certainly don't have our coloring stuff with us today and that's that right. feels like a nightmare yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's the real problem yeah. here eric and meg don't know what to do with their hands yeah, yeah. well we can't fidget mm-hmm. so we can't touch anything or make noise i'm sorry it's just us uh, okay well we'll get used to it <laughs> we used to do this we it actually just... hasn't been that long that's true i mean like it's been over a year. I know, but how long do we spend in person? That's true. A very long time. That's true. All right. Right? So. You mean over the year? Or uh-huh. Over the, no, before I mean... Before the year. Before the year. Yeah. Before the panty. As I, as <laughs> I like to call I hate it. it. Please, let's not. Please don't, Meg. <laughs> Why does everyone hate it so because much? Because it reminds me of panties. <laughs> and I don't like panties. I don't <laughs> like that word. I gave her this feedback. <laughs> like 20 <laughs> minutes ago. Oh, my God. We had this exact it's conversation. Oh but yeah. I do kind of like when you say it because I think it's really funny. Um, but I don't like the word itself. Okay. Can I still call quarantine core core? Core core. You can do what you want, bitch. All right. <laughs> I asked Kristen if she 
referred to the stimulus check as the stimmy and she said no and that nobody except for me did but i don't think that's true did you all hear anyone call it the stimmy i called it covid bucks covid bucks <laughs> presley referred to it as he he who shall not be named bucks mm. if that, that feels that feels appropriate mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. It's enough small talk. Are we ready to transition (laughs) into a topic that actually has relevance? I'm just going to call you out real quick, Jared. Um, Also, when we're in person, I can now see your pit sweat. (laughs) He just just made eye contact with me and went, it's hot. It really is showing. (laughs) It's it's the color of that shirt. It is. Wow, I guess I have to wear black from now on. Black or white. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I think it's fine. Everyone sweats. Nobody cares about sweat. Great. I'm not self-conscious at all right now. Oh. Are you? As I just hold my arms yeah. away from my body. I know I'm fine. This yeah. is great. This is how I sit now. I always sit like this just to let it air out, you know? That's why a tank top is great. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it turns out that uh, the other thing that happens in person is that you produce body heat mm. in a way that you, in a way that you don't when you're alone. Yeah. Your core temperature rises. Uh, because what? of the other core temperatures. What we're saying, y'all, is that we are so hot in this room, yeah. crammed in this tiny room together. And Turn. we didn't start off that way. In-person podcasting is not easy. No. But we'll get used to it, like I said, because mm-hmm. we adjust. Yeah, we do adjust. We are, in fact, resilient. Yes. Um, and it, we like each other. Yes. And, and we do like to be in the same room. True. So and at least we don't know who to look at. Right. <laughs> and at least we're not, like, ignoring all of the facts that are happening right yeah. now. We're just, we're just we gotta name open it. about them and mm-hmm. just call it what it is. Yes. <laughs> also, speaking of resilience. Um, uh, here's Meg's attempt at a segue. <laughs> speaking of resilience, you know, when we're talking to, to callers. <laughs> Chris is losing her shit right now. <laughs> we always want to... Try to <laughs> try to to point out their resilience, and we can do that in a lot of ways, but specifically using our foundational counseling skills. Wow! Good job, good job, Meg. You did great. Way to bring us to our Christian. So, so if you didn't gather, our conversation topic will be foundational counseling skills. Yeah. Where do we start? <laughs> I don't know. Once what Chris, about them, Jerry? Well, you know, why do we use them? What are they? Why do we use them? What no, are they? Start start with what? Okay. Why are you looking at me? Because um, you're good. Okay. Because you're moving so much. I can't stop. This is how I'm self soothing. I'm rocking back and forth, and we're all just gonna have to deal with it. What's okay? okay start. What's your favorite foundational counseling skill? Uh, I have two favorites. Okay. Me too. Of course. Let's go. A value reflection mm-hmm. and an undercurrent. God, Erica, those <laughs> wow. are mine too. They're so underrated. I feel like I agree. I don't. I disagree that they're underrated. I mean, the, I think they are two of the things that we harp on the most. I think in especially training. value reflections are underrated. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I think uh, value reflections and oh, it's a toss-up meet for me between the undercurrent and the ambivalent statement. Oh, oh I do love and we're huge nerds. Like, the I fact that we have... A favorite? A favorite mm-hmm. is, is like, anyone who's listening is like, I don't know what... what you guys are ridiculous. But I didn't um, know the ambivalent statement counted. I don't think I, it counts as a foundational counseling skill. Um. Yeah, I mean, no. I don't think it counts as a foundational one. It. it the thing... 
for me is that it eventually becomes so ingrained yes. mm-hmm. that it that it feels like just one of my natural like go tos. But but when we start off, oh my gosh, and we're just teaching like how to talk to people. I I used to talk to the girls at the group home all the time because when they came in, there was a very like strict set of rules that they had to follow. Right. So like, if I'm giving you an instruction. The steps that you follow are to look at me, mm. say okay, do the instruction, and check back. Yeah, right. That's it, right? And it feels really, um, it it feels really strict. It feels really mm-hmm. like infantilizing, 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 thank you, infantilizing, uh-huh. and infant infant. That yeah, that one. I ride. actually. Um, <laughs> uh, it means like talking down, like uh, pl- patronizing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, breaking it down, like if I, if, if you're a 16-year-old and I tell you that you have to look at me, do the task, look at me, say, okay, do the task and check back, you're going to be like, double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she flipped us off. Yeah, with two fingers. Um, but when it, we would talk about it, I would say, like, that the whole point of coming in here is to break down, like, all of the bullshit mm-hmm. first, right? Like, to break down the things that weren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, and to rebuild, and you're not going to leave this group home if you get all the way through, mm-hmm. still doing that thing, right? right. Like you're going to have that skill, you're going to know how to do that skill, but you're not necessarily going to leave looking like when someone gives you an instruction, especially if it's a stupid instruction, right? Like, yeah. um, but you'll know how to do that. So when you're at work, right. when you're in a setting that requires, and it, and this is, I think, a similar thing. Mm-hmm. We expect them to use, we expect everyone to use those counseling skills, but it's not going to be as robotic yep. or parody sounding or awkward sounding mm-hmm. as it is in the beginning. Yeah. But we have to start somewhere. Like mm-hmm. we have to start from, because we all have ways of communicating with one another and we have to, to, to mold that into what works on the phone. Yeah. You're, you're kind of touching on the why, but not full in. Why do we use foundational counseling skills? Or, or I guess to name the style that we use would be reflective listening. Or, yeah. That's what we're doing on the phones mm-hmm. primarily. Why do we use that? I think it gives us a common language for one. Mm-hmm. And, and over the years, these foundational skills um, are the things that, have, that we have figured out have worked the best across the board to elicit the response that we want, mm-hmm. which is for the caller to talk and to tell their story and to, and to feel heard and validated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not just rooted in HQ's approach to, no, that, to counseling. Mm-mm. It's like rooted in counseling as a... Mm-hmm. Overarching. Counseling thing. 101. Well, I, I also think of like Sir, Socratic questioning as being like a style, like this ancient style of uh, engaging with a person in a way that you're seeking to understand the person's perspective, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not to, um, not any other agenda, right? I think, I think of our foundational counseling skills as like, like a way to really zoom in on what the person is telling you without getting distracted by your own thoughts. Um, like it, it really helps me focus Stay on present. specifically what they're saying um, so that I can validate what they're saying and like make sure that they know I understand or I can check my own understanding. It yeah. asks you to listen in a different way. Yeah, right? it does. Because if you have to focus on finding the value 
mm-hmm. or finding the emotion mm-hmm. or find then you're not like you said in your head you're not right. doing the thing in your head where you're like oh that reminds me of that one time that blah 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 exactly. and blah blah blah, and blah 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 yeah I think it or I the think problem it, solving thing yeah I think it really like allows us to meet the caller where they're at. So we're like using their language and mm-hmm. it's like that that social work 101 thing, right? We're mm-hmm. always gonna meet the client where they're at. And so if we're using their language and pulling from what they're actually saying, mm-hmm. then I think that, that that conveys empathy and that we're, we're in it with them, mm-hmm. like sitting in their pain with them. And we're not like, I, I love foundational counseling skills because we're not rushing the caller along. We are like Meg's, like what you're saying just reminds me of that. Like we are truly staying with their experience and, and what they're expressing to us as opposed to figuring out what comes next. Like mm-hmm. we're not leading a conversation. We're just sitting, like we're floating in that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. That's not easy though. No. Oh my so God, I, no. I guess one of the things I was hoping to talk about is like why is it hard to learn some of these foundational counseling skills initially I think there are some people who find it really easy they're like ah yes this makes sense here's the tools that I need to do the thing Mm -hmm. Um, and they're able to subscribe to the approach that we use with a lot of ease others struggle because of some of the challenges so what are some of the challenges I think I want to start I want to answer my own question go for it buddy I think one of the challenges (laughs) is that you have to remove yourself in a way that that's it's not a pattern of conversation that you're used to Mm -hmm. because you're taking to a degree taking yourself out of the conversation and just being a mirror for that person and i think that's uncomfortable because we relate to people because Mm -hmm. we're human and we we relate through stories so Mm -hmm. when you know when someone shares a story oftentimes you're like oh i want to tell you about this time something similar happened to me so i also think that the, the like the sitting stems that we like that we have right I can hear that you're feeling it sounds like you're feeling um, don't feel as natural because of the word feeling mm-hmm. right we, we tend to say to each other yeah you're real sad mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. seem real sad um, and we we pull that it, it is hard to make the transition mm-hmm. where you add the word feeling to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so initially it sounds really robotic and people reject it hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or like robotic, but also like elementary, like, but they just said that. Why would we just repeat right. what they're saying? Um, but speaking of the word feeling, Kristen, I don't know if this is still like a thing that you talk about, but the way that I really, I think started to ingrain feeling reflections when I was learning them um, into my brain was like if we say I can hear that you're hopeless versus I can hear that you're feeling hopeless Mm -hmm. like there is a huge difference in those two statements like one of them is essentially saying yes you are hopeless your life is hopeless and the other one is saying you're feeling hopeless essentially like parentheses right now right it's a moment versus it is a personality trait yeah yeah. Well, yeah. imagine if someone said, I feel like an idiot, and you're like... That's exactly the example that I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, it sounds like you're an idiot. An idiot. <laughs> Same thing with, like, the, the feeling of guilt. Like, you are guilty versus you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different sentences. And, like, you are mad versus you feel mad. Like, 
sure there's not it doesn't feel like a huge difference there but the the reason that like I think it's just like we teach using the word feeling to get in the habit so that we don't ever uh, make a big mistake like telling someone that they are an idiot or they are hopeless you know yeah telling someone that they're mad is not the end of the world but if you're not in the habit of using the word feeling in a feeling reflection then you could make some pretty like dangerous so I have a question I have been in some training like uh, cri- what are they called um, de-escalation trainings mm-hmm. where they teach to say you're mad mm-hmm. right now like but I obviously have headquarters background and so I disagree with that but like why do some people teach it that way versus the way that we teach it is there an answer to that question there there may I don't know which training you're referring to are you referring to leap yeah okay so that might be outside of okay the parameters of our discussion but when you're talking to someone who's experiencing psychosis for example and they're expressing something that's very much rooted in the reality that they're experiencing if you're to use the word feeling sometimes that's perceived as diminishing their experience um and so that particular approach, leap, uses, removes the word feeling. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. I, I think it's important to bring up because there are different ways of engaging um, in a reflective style. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of like... And, and the reality is that we are one of the only places that, add, that adds the word feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and the, the trainings around, right? Mm-hmm. I often hear more than anything, well, reflect, but reflect by saying you are blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem is, um, like, that works three quarters of the time, mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. you know? And it is reflective of what's happening, but it's when we're talking about... And so when you're talking to somebody who is suicidal, which is so much of what we do here, right. it, it, it feels really important to have the feeling word in there like it it, and it's sort of that it's sort of that common language thing that we were talking about with the formulas in the beginning right like these formulas give us a common language but if you're doing the same thing every time if you're being really consistent one people are getting a consistent experience from all of the counselors Mm -hmm. hopefully and i think that that makes the experience of calling here um more meaningful mm-hmm. um and less scary in some ways yeah. yeah like if everyone is going to approach it this way you're not going to get some nerd on the phone who says real weird stuff to you right, right? but then the others the other piece is that when you're practicing in lower stakes mm-hmm. the word feeling and these formulas and stuff then when it becomes higher stakes that's the thing that kicks in mm-hmm. and not your old way of doing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. it is it's so hard to remember like if we didn't, if we only used the word feeling for the scary feelings, right? It would be really hard to remember that when you're in That's crisis true. Exactly. on the phone, yeah. you know. Yep. Yeah, I, I like the to compare it to. Um, well, the the idea of neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. are, you all are probably familiar with that, but it's the idea that you can like rewrite your habits through practice, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. counsel, foundational counseling skills it applies to that because you're often operating from a place of anxiety or you're having 
like a physiological response during a difficult crisis call. Mm -hmm. And so you want to have these pathways that are easy to access. And so feeling reflections fit, yeah, fit that bill. Neuroplasticity is the like, name of the game. Like, yeah. That is what we're doing because, I mean, like if you think about our training, we introduce this stuff, we front load it at the beginning, mm -hmm. and then we talk about it every single yeah. time we introduce a new thing. We're brainwashing you. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just, we're just uh, giving you like more pathways, yeah. mm -hmm. which is, yes. we're, we're enriching people. We're, yes. we're enriching you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's still, it's creepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whispering, it's yeah. creepy. Yeah, I, I think you made a point about quality too, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Like like one of the, re the why reasons is mm -hmm. because we want there to be consistency yeah. among counselors, which is also this an important why or answer to the question why Meg's smelling her armpits. Um, it's it's a way for us to provide like a consistent support or a consistent service. And it's also a way for us to um, remove oneself mm -hmm. to another degree. Mm -hmm. it, it, and I think that there are a couple of rationales for that. One, because we're shift, and we're volunteer and we're 24 seven. Mm -hmm. um, people have to be able to call knowing that they're not gonna get the same person over and over again, Yep. right? And because we don't do therapy, that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's important to give them a, a similar experience. You know, like, like voice tones are gonna be a little bit different. People's style is gonna be a little bit different, but hopefully at the end of the day, what everybody is doing is giving those same formulas. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of like not doing therapy, I, I do think that um, our foundational counseling skills really um, keep us away from falling into like a, a potentially dangerous therapeutic conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that we can't finish. We, that we yeah. can't finish. We can't necessarily follow up to the degree that we would would right. need to and and also it's not okay for people who aren't therapists to provide therapy right. yes. um, so um, so like I, I think that it really it really helps us sort of define our role as mm -hmm. a crisis counselor mm -hmm. um, these foundational counseling skills do I also think that there's a protective factor in there mm -hmm. for the counselors like Jared saying that it removes us mm -hmm. a little bit I think that having having these formulas, being able to say, I can hear that you're feeling this way, or it sounds like blah, blah, blah is really important to you, mm -hmm. um, or, or find, allows us to not feel like we're, in some cases, not so, in, like, one, it, it, we're not giving advice, mm -hmm. and so it we're isn't on us. Yeah, yeah. It isn't on us to fix things, and I think that that helps. And I think if we have the same approach, then it... it there's a little bit of separation there. Right. And that's coming from a understanding, like full understanding that the amount of empathy that the, the volunteers have is enormous. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm not detracting from that, but yeah. but it allows there to be at least a little bit of a buffer. Well, yeah. and I think it actually I think it actually sets us up for even more empathy. Um, because if we can like really focus on what this person is telling us they're feeling xyz something is really important to them like we're really focusing on those specific things and then when we respond like with a feeling reflection the way that we're doing that in, in our tone of voice is is conveying so much empathy mm -hmm. like i can really hear 
that you are feeling so upset or so angry right now or so devastated right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that feels so much more empathetic than um, saying like, yeah, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. You know, which that sounds awful is okay, but like it's that more sounds specific. awful. And then that like, and I understand why it's awful because yeah. this one time, yeah, it happened. It, to it me. turns it. <laughs> yeah. It does inevitably turn it around on yeah. you when you're yeah. not focusing on these skills. I really feel like like I have a visual in my head of what foundational counseling skills have done for me, and it's like I feel like my like heart, I guess, my empathy. <laughs> emotion wherever you feel that in your body is like super connected Mm -hmm. to the person that's on the other end of the phone like there's like a tether when Mm -hmm. I'm using foundational counseling skills that doesn't necessarily exist in conversations like like these you Mm -hmm. know when when you're not just in that zone right dude starting to use foundational counseling skills was obviously like eye-opening for the phones but also improved relationships in my life Mm -hmm. personally specifically with my mom Mm -hmm. um she literally thinks I'm like the most brilliant person ever (laughs) based on the way that I talk to her now when Mm -hmm. she's struggling with something and it's literally just feeling reflections and value reflections it's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah it, it is it is hard when you're going through training to sort of grasp the um weight mm-hmm. of why these are important yeah um and how people respond to them right yeah. because if you're just practicing with us or just hearing us say mm-hmm. you know it it sounds like you're feeling really sad right now mm-hmm. um you you don't realize because of the way that we conversate and the mm-hmm. way that we engage with each other that what the person hears is i'm really listening to you and you're important to me mm-hmm. because that's how they respond like mm-hmm. 98% of the time with, yes, I am feeling yes. really sad right now. And you're like, yeah, no, I, I know you just said it like 13 seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, I'm really listening to what you're saying and you're really important to me. And it's okay for you to feel that. What yeah. you're feeling is okay. Yeah. And I'm willing to like hear that and, and t- sit in that with you. Like it's communicating all of those things with just one sentence stem. Mm-hmm. I also think that the other thing that it does is it allows us to... to um, to not validate actions. Mm, mm, yeah, mm, ooh, yeah. Mm, I was um, hoping we would talk about this because because we need to be able to talk to anyone on the phone. Like that. Yeah. That has been our like the ethos is that you call us and we'll talk to mm-hmm. you. And there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to talk to people who are calling to get off mm-hmm. for a sexual fantasy. Um, we're going to limit talking to people who are really abusive. But beyond that, like, we need to be able to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes um, we might have a different life philosophy. Like worldview. <laughs> than the people that we're talking to. And it allows us to be able to listen with empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also not to validate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't condemn or condone. Right. It just... On, honors the person's feeling. Yeah. Yeah. If we're just talking about feeling, then. Yeah. And, you know, I, with uh, some of my sassier callers over the years, um, I have definitely had conversations about, oh, you, so you're saying, okay, that it's okay that I did blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Um, 
but I recognize where that's coming from mm -hmm. and the sass behind it, and I can just respond mm -hmm. by yeah. saying, "I'm, I'm." It's not my job to weigh in. Yeah, it's, it, I'm just simply echoing your feelings, which are your feelings, and I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. On those, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. the reality is that I, that it gives us a door um, to be able to talk to anyone, mm -hmm. like a way to be able to respond when mm -hmm. you are going, mm -hmm. this isn't what I want, like this isn't a conversation that I want to have. Yeah, and it totally frees us of like the burden of knowing the, knowing the answer, knowing what to say, like it, it just, it, it just really untethers us, I think, from this like responsibility that we can feel for people's choices, for people's actions, um, don't have to even people's anything. feelings, people's yeah. feelings. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, we, it, we don't have to fix or, or problem solve or do anything like that. And I, I know that that's like a natural tendency for, at least it was for me. Um, mm -hmm. and still even is actually, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but like when I, when I teach these skills, I always think about them as like literally freeing us of a burden to know how to fix something or know what to do about something. And so often volunteers come into training thinking that we are an advice line, right? you know, and, and that's normal. I think mm -hmm. that that perception is out there. If you've right. never used this service or you've never known anyone who has used mm -hmm. this service, then you're like, clearly this is an advice line where right. people call and get the reason not to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but well, yeah. and if you... Oh, if you ever see a helpline mm -hmm. um, on TV, right? Then the American Housewife uh, is a sitcom, and the one of the kids goes to work at a teen helpline. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm watching, like he 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 has a lot of growth through it, and like good for him and all of that stuff. But every time I watch the scenes where he is at the helpline, I'm like, oh, this yeah. is it's cringy. So Cringy. Yeah. Like the woman running it is really terrible. And he does he does a good job being empathetic on mm -hmm. the phone, which is one of his struggles. Um, but just full advice. Yeah. Like all the time. And and I mean think about like the risks of giving advice oh to gosh. callers. Mm -hmm. Like we I don't think we always think about that. Like what oh, this is what I would do. Well, the thing is that you are not the expert of this person's life and the advice that you're giving somebody could be incredibly detrimental to right. them. You don't know anything about yeah. their in like we their circumstances. We put ourselves in a position yeah. to be responsible for somebody else's choices. I feel an immense sense of relief using mm -hmm. the basic Same. counseling skills. I also think it can be really invalidating yes, to absolutely. give somebody advice, oh my God. especially if you're talking to somebody who's been depressed for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know what you should do is go on more walks. Well, have you tr have you tried to shower? <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -mm. But it's also, I mean, the amount of times that we get the, like in in our application, and it's built that way on purpose. But like, your mom loves you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? that's, a, that's and, a big one. And and she wants the best for you, and she's she's doing everything she can to make your life better. And your boyfriend. Um, you know, guys are like that. You yeah. just have to like, like I just see tolerate that. it. Does Maybe see, just talk to him about it. Just uh, I see that a lot. Have you tried talking to him about it? <laughs> yeah, love that. Line. We don't know what's safe, and also we don't know that your fucking mom loves you. Okay, we don't get to say that to a person. <laughs> yeah. it, it it's that sucks and it's painful, but it's it's true. Like yeah. we can't we the, can't assume. The thing that we say in training is that we want, yes. like with all of our heart, for that mm -hmm. to be true. We want it to be safe for our callers to come out 
Mm-hmm. You know, we want it to be safe for our callers to walk home at night in mm-hmm. the dark alone, you know, <laughs> and we we cannot guarantee that. And the way that we do counseling allows us not to have to try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's also empowering to the caller, too, when we're mm-hmm. like using the language that they're using, because then it's like they don't have to try to articulate it in any different way right Mm -hmm. we're just literally repeating what they're saying Mm -hmm. i think that's a really empowering approach Mm -hmm. yeah you don't have to come up with a new way to say what the caller is saying right Mm -hmm. which i think is sometimes what we do in conversation so you're saying that it's like this and like we use some you know stupid analogy or something Uh to to describe it when really or we rephrase yeah yeah just just be a mirror Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i do i do think that there's that there's empowerment in that because for a lot of our callers it might be their first time that anyone's like shut yeah. up and listened yeah yep. you know yep. or like, made them or feel heard right yeah that they've ever heard their words back to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. yeah and the idea of removing oneself i think on the surface might sound like dehumanizing to some degree but like erica said it creates a, a, a system almost for you to communicate empathy like yes. it's a set of skills that is built to communicate empathy. And my goodness, there's so much creativity, I think, in, like, in foundational counseling skills. Like, yes, you have a sentence stem that, or a a handful of sentence stems that are probably pretty consistent throughout any call, Um, and a lot of times we are repeating exactly what they said, but, like, when we think about value reflections, like, I, I love value reflections because they can be we can reflect a value that is tangible or intangible. So we can say things like, I can tell that your uh, friend is really important to you. Or we can say things like, I can tell that your safety is mm-hmm. really important to you. Or that trust is really important to you. The truth is really important to you. Like all of these different intangible value reflections um, that I think is like a fucking superhero skill. Like it doesn't feel... <laughs> It does not feel like something that I would have ever thought to do before going through HQ training. Mm-hmm. And also, like, honestly, not just going through HQ training, HQ training, but then, like, sticking around and really, in, in, uh, what's the word, like, f- infusing my world with these skills and, like, getting to know them so intimately mm-hmm. and then teaching them. Like, yeah. I think that that has changed the way that I think about value reflections for sure. Yeah. I definitely got better at counseling skills once I started participating in training. Oh, yeah. Which is a plug for you all. Yeah. If anyone feels like you need to better your counseling skills, come be a trainer um, because it's really fun. Or if you just feel like you have a lot of wisdom to impart. (laughs) Yes, that too. Come and watch training three times before you try to impart that wisdom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it's not easy to teach people these mm -mm. things. No, it's not. And, and, you know, we get pushback because... Comfort zones are, are mm-hmm. real, man. Oh and, yeah. and feeling pushed out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think we do want people to subscribe to our style in a thoughtful way. So I, the pushback is honestly welcomed because it presents so much opportunity to have a conversation about why we do this, mm-hmm. what the philosophy is. Um, it's always interesting when it clicks. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like in my experience... Like, it clicks over and over and over again. Like, it just, like, I feel like it, it, for me, I get so excited when I'm like, oh, my God, and this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is also a function of this particular skill. Right. Yeah. 
it's by, by very exciting. I think by far the greatest benefit of so counseling cool. skills for me personally is the the boundaries that are created and yes. and yeah. like you like you were saying the role of the counselor is more well defined yeah. when you have a set of skills that you always rely on. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about tone of voice and part of the part of the approach to uh, like matching the caller is is both the words that you're using but also tone of voice. So maybe we could talk about um, just the role of tone of voice and how how you communicate empathy in that. Were you going to say something, Kristen? It, it was something that you said earlier that made me think of tone of voice because I think. There, you, oh, I think you were talking about creati- creativity. Oh, yeah, yeah, and And that makes me think of tone of voice, too, because the difference mm-hmm. between saying, which is, which is one of the reasons that folks struggle in the beginning when we're first teaching these skills, mm-hmm. the difference between saying, I can hear you're feeling real sad, um, versus uh, I can hear that you're feeling so sad right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. is is huge. Yes. And so, yes, when you come out of the gate and you're, I can hear you're feeling real sad. Yeah. Yeah, it it it, it it's not warm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're parroting, and you're not, and that is part of the process of learning, like right. trying to get those formulas down and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think about it most in our kid calls mm-hmm. because sometimes kids don't give you a lot of information to go on, and being able to say, you know, I can hear that your friends are so important to you mm-hmm. and that you're feeling really, really confused mm-hmm. about how they're treating you can can be the difference between building rapport and getting through and, and having mm-hmm. them feel validated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think tone of voice is hugely important, especially when we're talking about de-escalation. But yeah. I think there's a lot of creativity in it. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. I don't know if we should go down this rabbit hole in this particular podcast but maybe or episode but maybe uh (laughs) (laughs) maybe um we could do an episode on like how tone of voice and empathy is conveyed and and how it's even it requires even more creativity and skill over chat oh oh that's a good because it's real fun for me to talk about yeah i i honestly think that we could do a whole episode on um, like the minimal encourager and mm-hmm. open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just did that. There's this podcast is probably annoying to listen to because we're always talking about what else we're gonna do. Well, that and all of our minimal encouragers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also okay, but like I feel like these are um, like this episode is exciting because we don't get to spend all the time in training like really laying every single argument out because we're on a freaking time crunch and we have to teach you the skill and Mm -hmm. it's it's more so uh, over zoom over zoom yeah yeah Yeah. so i like i like being able to like really uh what's the word unpack Mm. (laughs) Mm. Mm. (laughs) that's why this particular Mm. series going through the training manual is a good one Mm -hmm. yeah um, because it does give us a chance to talk like dorks about uh-huh. training, which we all love. Yeah. One of the downside of uh, reflective listening and learning it, though, is that you realize that everyone else in your life just doesn't have the skills. And so you get so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or like you're watching a TV show and you're like, mm, well, 
they could really be listening better than yeah. and using oh, God. these yeah. skills. Yeah. And Literally, anytime Presley and I are watching TV or a movie and, and there's like a moment where there's a crisis or someone's upset, she'll be like, did they do a good job handling that? And I'm and like, every time, like, no. no. <laughs> they did also, not. But one of the one of the perks is that like people... So I've talked several times about my dad mm. <laughs> on this podcast. And anytime he's having emotions before before I started utilizing uh, HQ foundational counseling skills on him uh, there was like a limit to his vulnerability in conversation with me because I didn't know how to just be chill mm -hmm. about what's going on for him and I feel like using foundational counseling skills can really like they're so they're so tr they're so simple that it's like people don't know that what you're doing is counseling or mm -hmm. validating them um and so, like, I, I can think of a very specific conversation with my dad where um, I was using these skills and every time he was like, yes, exactly. And that has never happened before. Like, that has never, ever like, happened. I got you. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, because you just told me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for people who are, like, not, uh, don't, like, subscribe to how useful talking to somebody can be uh is <laughs> um like these skills can be really powerful for even those people because they're so subtle mm -hmm. great <laughs> you're laughing because all of us it's sad. Mm -hmm. men mm -hmm. encouraged erica to say. Yeah. it's like talking about eye contact it's one of those things that i would just rather we all agree not to not talk to about. yes about. same yes. Yeah, yeah it, it always sucks when you burst the bubble of the thing that somebody's doing because mm -hmm. then everybody notices it for You can't unsee yeah. it, hear it or unsee it. You can't unpop that bubble. Yeah. All right, we got to pop this bubble. We do. <laughs> nice. That's nice, Jared. Um, <laughs> any, any, any lingering thoughts about, about, no, about foundational counseling skills? Uh, you know. Use them, Well, we'll join you next time to cover a topic in counseling skills, probably. Ooh, Maybe I, not. I, I do or just share feelings. Yeah, yeah, but also, when you talked about the ambivalent statement, let's do an entire episode on the ambivalent statement. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it, and I love it so much. Mm -hmm. And well. I want to do that. And it, it could really change a lot of lives. It, <laughs> it really absolutely can. can. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye. Love y'all. Kind to yourself. <laughs>